Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be together. It's a privilege to be together, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, just adjust a couple of things here. If you've uh, got your Bibles there, please have them open to John chapter 10. And there's also an outline that you can uh, see in your bulletin, which is on the chairs around you. If you didn't grab, grab didn't, see, didn't uh, receive a bulletin, just um, pick one up from another chair that's free. That'll be great. And I have left my clicker behind. Hey, John, would you mind running down the clicker for me? Is it, it's not up here. Um, there you go. Otherwise, um, I could do a hand signal and you can press the button. Go, whoppa! That'll work, I suppose. Unless John knows what the clicker is. He, he used it last on Friday night. It's okay. This gets edited out of the video, so we can just talk however we want to now, you know. Doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's all right. Okay. Um, Ah, look at that. See, John's a, he's a problem solver, John is. So he's now getting another clicker. And what well, may not work, I don't know. How about I, I pray for us, and, um, and that'll give John a moment to uh, have, a, have a find this little thing. It's just easier if I can click it rather than John doing it. Um, that'll be good. There it is. Aha! Look at that. Fantastic. Great, thank you. That's good. Excellent. All right, we're doing okay. Good. Yes, we're ready. Do we need a stretch? No, you okay? We've it's pretty early on in the service, isn't it? Because we haven't, we can't sing yet. Um, we had a we. I'm going to play you a song after the sermon, which, if you'd like, you're allowed to hum. That's okay. Uh, we had some humming in uh, eight a.m. We did a um, Fiona Thomas played a, played the Lord is my shepherd. It was lovely, and. Um, and I said, no, I'm not allowed to sing. And, and then after a while, I heard all this, mm, 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 mm. Um, people were humming along. So we can do that too. Now, look, um, the, I, I, would love it if, to, I would love you to have your Bible open in front of you. Um, the Apostle Peter writes that uh, in 2, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, I've got it up on the screen there, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So friends, one of the most important reasons we come together as church is to grow in godliness. Uh, that's what we come together to do. And the apostle tells us we do this through our knowledge of, through the, our knowledge of God. Now that makes the, next, um, makes the next 20 minutes or so really important. As we open our Bibles, we hear his word... Uh, we hear God speak to us. These words are God-breathed, which I'll pray about just in a moment. And so we get to know him. We grow in our knowledge of God. Now, that's much harder to do without a Bible open in front of you. So uh, having a Bible with you and open actually encourages you to read it properly and in context. And so you, understand, so you can understand in a sense, this is what we do now as, we, as the Bible is taught. Um, we practice what I'd love you to do at home. That's what we do. Uh, it's not about just this moment now. It's about actually what you do at home with the skills we gather together right now. So um, I'm a bit old-fashioned, a bit old-school. I like having a, uh, a, paper, and, sorry, a paper Bible. Um, I, I use my phone 
Bible when I'm desperate. Um, when I've got nothing else, but usually I have a Bible with me most of the time, a paper and pen Bible. I like that, but I like it because you can see things in context. You can flip back and you might you know, have a look, oh, isn't that a bit like John chapter 3 or something? And just, you know, back you go. And you're still listening to the sermon, of course, but you're just flicking back and having a little look. You see things in context. It's really important. Um, I, I, for the same reason, I, I guess we shouldn't just rely on what I put up on the screen because we can't see the context, and the context is key. So right now, we can't use our church Bibles. We're not allowed to share things around. That's why the um, bulletins are on your seats and that sort of thing. So we need to bring our own Bible. So I'm going to suggest, why not use this COVID period to implement the very good habit of bringing your own Bible to church? Uh, And when we can share Bibles again, keep that good habit going and then leave the church ones for newcomers or forgetful friends. Um, That's okay. All right, so why don't we pray as we open God's word, and then we're going to look at this um, next I am statement. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, as 2 Timothy 3 says. So, Lord, we ask that you'd open our hearts to receive your word, that we may know you better and be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, there are... In my experience of uh, teaching and youth ministry and various other things, there's a game called Spotto. Do you, do you, have you heard of the game called Spotto? Some people call it 44 Home. I don't know why it's called 44 Home. I think you count to 44 and then... I don't know what it is. Anyway, I've, you can explain if you know the reason. But the difference between Spotto and 44 Home, it's for this big wide game. Spotto, you play at night. It's good fun with torches and that sort of thing. And then 44 Home, you can play at night or daytime. Now, the game is all about getting back to the safe zone, right? It's, very, it's all about getting back to safety without being spotted or tagged or crash-tackled by the youth leader. One of, the two, one of those things. Back to the safe, safe zone and you're secure and then you're not in. That's how it sort of works. We, we might have a go at it later on after the service. Um, no, just kidding, we're not going to do that. Um, that's a great game and over the years has contributed immensely to society by providing work for dedicated doctors and nurses in emergency departments. Um, now today, as we open God's word, Jesus tells, Jesus tells those who are willing to listen, he tells us how to be safe with God. How to be safe with God, secure in life. He uses the term life to the full, safe with God. To start with, Jesus actually tells, uh, well, John, John describes what Jesus tells as a figure of speech. All the other gospel writers call that a parable. So really he starts with a parable, what we know better. But they're not just stories, are they, these parables Jesus tells? They're, they're, there's a metaphors, and again, if we have ears to hear, they tell of the extraordinary truths of life. That's what they do. All right, so if you're following your outline, point number one, the parable itself or the figure of speech, as uh, John puts it. And in 10 verse 1, we're really picking up on this long back and forth between the, the Pharisees and Jesus. They're sort of fighting each other, a little, well, not fighting, but they're, they're arguing back and forth. The Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus. They're challenging him, and it's ongoing. It's still going. So they're still in Jerusalem, and uh, Jesus responds. In verse 1, he says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, 
Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, just pause there for a moment. You know something interesting I read about uh, ancient Near Eastern shepherds? They, um, they would have these unusual calls for the sheep and sheep would respond accordingly and, and then gather around him. So they'd have a meh, and one sheep would respond to that, and then have a meh, and another would respond to that, and meh. Something like that anyway, of course. I don't, I didn't, there wasn't any recordings of this. But that's what they would do. But look at this shepherd here. This shepherd goes further than that, and he calls his sheep by name. Interesting. Okay, verse 5. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Now, this is not unfamiliar territory for those listening in. Uh, You know, people, even the Pharisees, knew sheep. They're part of everyday life. You knew sheep, everyone had a sheep story. If you saw the E! News this week, I have got a sheep story, but I'm not going to tell it now. You can read the E! News. Um... The type of sheep pen Jesus is speaking about here may well have been part of the family courtyard. Probably looked a little bit like this, though, a a bricked-in enclosure, circle, square, doesn't really matter, um, with a gap for the gate. That's sort of ancient Near East uh, sheep farming. Now, a gatekeeper would also be hired to guard the gate. Those authorised to enter would do so through the gate. But... There are those who would enter the sheep pen other than through the gate, uh, climbing in some other way. And they are dangerous. They're, they're thieves and robbers. And they only climb in. They only, well, they, they, only, they do harm to the sheep, don't they? Okay, well, great story, Jesus. Excellent. All right, we, we're fair enough. We've got it. We all did sheep husbandry back in year 10 at Jerusalem High. Um, we understand... How, how it works. But what we don't understand is why on earth you're telling us this story. See verse 6? What's he getting at? The Pharisees mumble to themselves. What's he get? Why is he telling us this? But you see, the Pharisees, what they would have understood is that throughout their Old Testaments, God's people are referred to as sheep. So what was he getting at? What was he getting at? Okay, so Jesus spells it out more clearly. Uh, This is not just some nice agricultural story. Jesus is speaking about the extraordinary truths of life. Well, his first focus is him as the gate. So verse 7, Therefore Jesus said it again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, can you see what Jesus is saying? The way to safety for God's people is me. That's what Jesus is saying. The way to safety for God's people is me. Jesus is saying he is the gate for God's people to safety. There is no other way. He's it. 
There's no other way. Now, just like Jesus is the light of the world, well, here he is the gate for safety for God's people. He is the only way to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life, as he goes on to explain in chapter 14. It's, it's the same. He is it. He is the way. And verse 8, all those, all who have come before me, well, they're thieves and robbers. All they want to do is break in and steal. Uh, they want to do harm to the sheep, but the sheep have not listened to them. Now, can you imagine the Pharisees' reaction? Can you imagine? See, what they didn't understand a few moments before, I think perhaps now, is becoming much clearer to them. They knew their Old Testaments. See, that they, they knew that religious Israel's religious leaders, such as the Pharisees, well, they were meant to act like shepherds, uh, guiding and nurturing and guarding the sheep, but they had failed miserably. Remember Exodus, uh, Ezekiel 34, this is what Kath read to us a moment ago, uh, verse 2, the Lord spoke to the prophet, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? God says to the, those, those, these leaders, You eat the curds, that's the best bit. Clothe yourselves with wool and slaughter the choice animals. But you do not take care of the flock. Well, Jesus says, If you know the gate... If you know the gate, you'll know the thieves and robbers, for they are the ones who try to get in some other way and harm God's people. So verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Whoever enters through me will be safe. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, there's no real safety there's no real security for sheep outside of the sheep pen there's no real safety for human lives apart from jesus christ that what we tend to do as humans you see we look for safety and we look for security uh, in different ways and wealth perhaps just accumulating stuff things that make us comfortable even our work we do that as well human wisdom Find security and safety there. But if you're outside of the sheep pen, well, you're in grave danger, Jesus says. If you're inside, well, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how healthy you are, if you're inside, well, you're safe. Well, in verse 11, Jesus switches up the metaphor, uh, which is not uncommon in parables, and Jesus is now the good shepherd. Now, don't get me wrong here. This is don't don't have a picture of a sentimental, pretty-looking shepherd cuddling a, you know, a sheep in his arms. Right? Don't have that picture. That doesn't help. What you can have is a picture of maybe first-century, um, well, modern Australian sheep farmers, because the job is the same. Even outback sheep farmers, it's hard. It's uh, dirty. It's tiring and sometimes it's dangerous. So our modern Australian outback sheep farmers, well, they, they were pretty similar really to first century Palestine shepherds. So that's the picture we want, all right? All right, let's listen to the words of Jesus. 
10 verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So why is Jesus the good shepherd? Can you see the answer there? He's the good shepherd because he lays his life down for the sheep. Now, a noble shepherd, a noble shepherd will risk his life for the sheep. So if a, 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 a wolf comes along or a wild dog or something like that, or uh, sometimes the Bible uses bears. I didn't know bears were in the Middle East back then, but apparently they were. There you go. Or something like that, a threatening animal comes along. He's going to fight it off and protect his sheep. He'll risk his life for the sheep. He will do that. That's A noble shepherd would do that. But it's never his intention to die. He doesn't want to die. It's never his intention to die, although he risks his life. But the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Far from being an accidental death, Jesus' intentional death is precisely what qualifies him to be the good shepherd. See verse 14? I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. And notice too that the good shepherd dies for his sheep. You see that? This is a sacrifice. This is giving up himself for his sheep. Uh, If you want to use some big big, um, uh, theological words, it's substitutionary atonement. There it is. Jesus dies as our substitute and makes us right with God. He sacrifices himself for his sheep and not as an example to follow of bravery or anything like that, but as a necessity, it has to happen because without him, we're in, we're, we're, well, we're in danger. Now, I'm told amongst sheep farmers today um, in Catfield um, that um, <laughs> I texted them throughout the week, found out the right term here, that a sheep that wanders away from the flock or the shepherd, right, the farmer, is called a rogue sheep. Right, a rogue sheep. So they they get tats and stuff. They start smoking and put on leather jackets, and you know they go off partying. That's what the sheep does. The, imagine that, off they're wild and crazy. Um, <laughs> not quite, but a rogue sheep. So one is off from the she- from the, the the shepherd. One is off from the the um, the flock, uh, and um, yeah, they leave the safety of the flock, the shepherd, and they're left exposed to the environment. That's what they're left with. They're left exposed to all the dangers that come, that come with being outside of the flock, away from safety. Rogue sheep. Friends, um, you know what the Bible calls such a person? A person who wanders away from the shepherd? Who wanders away from safety? The Bible calls such a person a fool. A fool. You see, we humans are in grave danger without our shepherd. Our sin, our rebellion against God puts us in a dire predicament. We fall under the righteous judgment of God the Creator. I've actually, um, I've never been in a position where I've needed to be rescued. I don't know about if you have. I've actually rescued other people um, 
I won't tell the story today, but I've, I think I've told it before, actually, a rescue in a, a, a swimmer in Dubai who was, who was not a swimmer, actually. He was a drowner. Um, uh, but anyway, he didn't drown. We saved him, and he was all good. Um, except when I... I'm telling the story, aren't I? Um, <laughs> well, I, had to pa- I paddled him in, right? And uh, but there was a, quite a large shore break, and so I got him in, but we got smashed on the shore break, um, which I was okay, but he, he, was, he was okay. But he wasn't dead, and that was an important thing. So anyway, I've actually never been in a position where I've needed to be rescued, where I've been in such danger that, well, without rescue, I was doomed. Now, I've got this friend who works as an emergency doctor, you know, one of those ambulance helicopters. We see them, sadly, from time to time around Robo. It's the white one. I think it says the toll is the sponsor. They land over in the the oval there, um, often when there's a bad accident in the pass or something like that. now, the truth is, he and his team know this, but every job they do, every job, every patient is in dire need and, and well, every patient without rescue will die. One day he shared something with me that, um, well, I don't know, we take it for granted a little bit. It's easily forgotten. In fact, we could say the same for our police and fire department, that sort of thing as well, but each rescue is risky, he said to me. Every rescue is risky. No matter what, the, what precautions are taken, every rescue is risky. It's only a couple of years ago, uh, you might remember it, um, it was actually at Belmore Falls, I believe. It might have been Carrington, I think it was Belmore. Um, so not far from here, he lost a, a friend who was in the process of rescuing a patient. Uh, there was an accident and, um, and he died, and the the, the guy died. Uh, although they risk their lives to save others, it's never their intention to die for the patient. Never their intention. And such is the good shepherd's love for his sheep, for you and I, that that's exactly Jesus' intention. For he knows that that is the only way for his sheep to be safe. Yeah, the clear point Jesus makes is that we sheep need the good shepherd. Without him, without his rescue, without believing in his sacrificial death for you, you are no longer safe. Well, friends, this is what Jesus' parables do, don't they? Uh, they paint a picture of what life is really like. They tell of the extraordinary truths of life. And so... Are you listening to Jesus' words today? Let me draw one last thing before we finish up. Just one thing to your attention. Uh, when we think about the sheep. Oh, I'm behind. There we go. How do, I, how do I know I am one of the good shepherd's sheep? Ever thought about that? I presume you probably have, actually. Uh, Perhaps that's something you've been thinking about this morning. How do I know I'm one of the sheep? How do I know I'm one of the good shepherd's sheep? Big question, isn't it? In fact, it is the most important question of all questions. How do I know I'm one of the good shepherd's sheep? It doesn't come any more important than that. The answer is actually quite simple, Jesus says. Have you just picked it up in it? See, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. That's what Jesus' sheep do. They listen to his voice. Back in John 10, verse 16, so not up on the screen just yet, 
Uh, Jesus said, I, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. So you're just referring to Gentile believers, like non-Jewish believers. Um, I must bring them also. They too listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now sometime later, in verse 25, Jesus is again speaking with Jews. And um, uh, I think wider, a bigger crowd this time. And in response to their demand to tell him plainly whether he is the Christ or Messiah or not, this is what he says. I've put it up on the screen this time. Jesus answered, I tell you, but you do not believe. I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You see, Jesus' sheep listen to his voice. They know him. He knows them and they follow him. But I guess the opposite's true as well, isn't it? Those who are not his sheep do not listen to his voice. He does not know them and they do not follow him. Now, don't, let's not get confused here. It's, there's nothing mystical going on. We don't have to wait around for some voice in our head to hear Jesus. Uh, let's not go looking for the voice of Jesus in places where his voice has not been promised. It's like the sheep in the parable back in verse 4. They hear his voice. They know it's him, for they know him. You know, that, there's no confusion. Friends, we have the words of Jesus. We have the voice of Jesus here in our Bibles. It's as simple as that, the promise of God and how he speaks to us. We don't have to go far to hear the words and, and listen to the voice of Jesus. So today, this morning, let's listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him. How about I pray? And then if there's a, a question or a comment, we'll share those and then I'm going to um, show a little video. So let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for today. We thank you for, Lord Jesus, that uh, you are the Good Shepherd the good shepherd who laid his life down for us, your sheep. Lord, we pray very simply today that we would listen to your voice, we would read your word, we would follow it, we would follow you. Lord, thank you for church today and uh, we, um, we pray that you would guide us and bless us as we, as we follow and listen to your words. In Jesus' name, amen.